a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside Sources, Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is wonderful to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes in radio. And we are going to attempt to slow things down just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, and connect the dots so you can make the news make sense. Uh, we are tracking a host of things today, including a, uh, a press availability as it relates to the West Jordan homicides. Uh, our Paul Nelson is there on scene, and uh, we'll have an update for us as they uh, share some of the information on that story as we go through the hour. Also moving throughout the day today, uh, a lot of news happening in terms of how do we begin to open up? How do we not just open up business? How do we open up society? And a number of press conferences that will be taking place throughout the day that will give us some insight in terms of next steps uh, for the state of Utah. So we'll track those as we go through the day as well. Uh, if you've been listening this morning, uh, our own uh, senior senator, Mike Lee, uh, gave a, an impassioned speech on the floor of the United States Senate yesterday and I wanted to hit just a, a brief segment of that uh, because I think there's some important messages there uh, as we roll into really the the kickoff to political season, a little different than normal. Uh, conventions are getting underway all online, and we'll have a number of candidates joining us uh, throughout the day, including Kim Coleman will come up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, so first, uh, Senator Lee took to the floor of the United States Senate, and uh, he made a comment that I make regularly around here, and that is that we have this interesting thing in the Senate chamber. Uh, it's the echo of the empty chamber. If it makes anyone feel better, remember the Senate floor is often empty, just as it is at this very moment, making it perhaps the safest place in America. Okay, and that's the biggest indictment on the United States Senate ever. Uh, if it is the safest place in America, uh, it always is the safest place in America because it is empty nine and a half times out of ten. Uh, I think this is actually the time where the uh, House and the Senate should convene. They should broadcast it on all of the stations, and it would be the best civics lessons for all of the kids that are home from school and doing the homeschooling thing with their parents. And they should actually, I know this is really radical, they should debate, they should offer up bills, they should have amendments, and then they should have votes. Uh, and that's the way it should be done. And so I do think it's important that they, they get going on about that business. In fact, Senator Lee made a call uh, for his colleagues to, to get back and get to work. Unlike millions of our constituents, members of Congress are still receiving paychecks. It's time for us to earn them. It's time to do our job. It's time to return to Washington and get to work. 
We're not currently scheduled to come back until May the 4th. When we come back on May the 4th, which I hope we do, I hope the force will be with us. But we've got to get back together, I would hope even sooner than that, because we can't legislate without our members here. We can't do that from recess. All right. Uh, it, it is time for them to uh, to get together and get moving forward there, uh, to be sure. And, and it's interesting. It is the problem. In fact, just right before Senator Lee spoke, he Uh, He noted that uh, Chuck Schumer had made a comment. Uh, He spoke, uh, Senator Schumer spoke right before Senator Lee uh, and said that the deal for the current bill, nearly a half a trillion dollars, uh, was negotiated by staffers at midnight. Now, he was praising those staffers for staying up all night and working around the clock to get a deal done. uh, But that's not how legislation is supposed to happen uh, we need our senators, our members of Congress there actually having the conversation and the debate and getting things done on behalf of the American people. All right, let's bring it closer to home now. As I mentioned, uh, we've got a convention season is upon us, a unique convention uh, season to be sure, and wanted to bring in a few of the folks we haven't had a chance to talk to in a little while. And so we're very pleased to be joined now by Kim Coleman, who is uh, running for the uh, fourth congressional nomination. Uh, Kim, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me uh, amid all the 4,000 convention goers? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's, such, it's such an interesting thing. It's like conventions open. It's like, well, where's the booths? And, you know, who got the end cap space? Who has the loudest sound system? Uh, it's all. And, and we need red, white, and blue assault. We just <laughs> got to have it. Yeah. So I, I totally, I miss the convention. I absolutely miss the convention. But, um, you know, I love the lead into this. You know, if Congress can't pass a budget, Congress, you know, shuts down government, Congress shouldn't get paid. Yeah. It's not a vacation. <laughs> so. That's right. Well, you're in a, a really fascinating race uh, for the fourth congressional seat, obviously a seat that was lost uh, by the Republicans to Democrat Ben McAdams. And uh, you are vying for that seat with a, a number of other candidates. And uh, I, I wanted to give you a chance, Kim, to just Give us the, I, I always ask candidates the question, what's going to make all of this worth it? Win, lose, or draw? What's going to make this whole this whole exercise, the ups and downs, the, the challenges of a campaign, uh, worth it for you in the end? Well, that we take the seat back and that we preserve freedom in America. I mean, it's that simple, full stop. Uh, you know, everything's on the line this year that we uh, we have to preserve the very essence and the, the foundational principles of what it even means to be America. And some of those things are just, uh, they're at risk. And we see a, a, a democratically, a democratic run Congress and, uh, they don't share our values here in the fourth district. So, uh, we need to change that and, um, regain the GOP majority in the, in the house, New York house. And ours is the campaign to do it. We are, we're breaking fundraising records. We, we have a, a, an incredible, organization. We've had it for many, many months since about last July. Uh, just we've got the army on the ground uh, virtually a little <laughs> bit in real life. But uh, yeah, we've got, you know, uh, we've got the attention nationally uh, to to have the support that we need heading into the general election. And, and I think one thing that's uh, that's good to know is you mentioned we lost this seat by less than 700 votes in a Republican strong district. And the, you know, the problem is not that we haven't captured the moderates. It's that we haven't captured the Republicans. Mm-hmm. It's a, an R plus 13 district and we have left Republicans. Um, 
out for, you know, every time, every election we've had in CD4. Of course, it's only been around for 10 years. Uh, it was created with the last census. So uh, we're, we're leaving Republicans out. So uh, we're running a strong race. Uh, when I was uh, in 2018, I was up for reelection for a state house right. uh, district, and I had a thousand votes more than our Republican incumbent candidate. So Ben McAdams, he can win every single vote that he won last time. But we take this seat back this year, and I'm the, I'm the one to do it. We're working like our lives depend on it because we believe that's the case. All right. If you just join us, we've got Kim Coleman uh, on the line. And, Kim, we've got just 30 seconds left. Uh, what's the one thing you hope delegates are thinking about uh, rolling into a very interesting weekend convention? Well, when I've got a record that says I will do what I say I will do, I, I stay very connected to the community because that is why I do it. And, you know, we've got what it takes. We've got the machine. We've got the funding. And we're, we're, gonna, we're the one to take Ben McAdams out. So I want you to know we're rolling. We're fully operational. We've got a massive uh, operation here. All right. Very good. Kim Coleman, thanks so much for joining us on Inside Sources today. We'll have you back as we roll this thing along. All right. We're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and step step aside. Uh, When we come back, much, much more to come. Amy Winder Newton will join us along with a uh, cast of thousands as we continue to roll forward on a big news day here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources Today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you, as always. And we want to make sure we're uh, fully engaged and up to speed on uh, what's happening in uh, your part of the world today, what you're doing to make the stay safe, stay home tolerable, what you're hoping for when things begin to uh, shift and, and move forward, because we will move forward and yes, things will be different, but remember, as we've been saying on this show, it's it's not about a new normal, it's a new now. And every day we've got to look at what's the new now, and how am I going to respond, and what am I going to do, and what's my responsibility, and how can I make a difference? Uh, and so, as always, you can chime in uh, on the Utah Community Credit Union, KSL text line, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union, KSL text line, always want to know what's on your mind. Uh, you can also chime in uh, on our... Uh, Facebook page, uh, because we want to uh, make sure that we're uh, engaged there. So whether you do that on Facebook or whether you're on Instagram, it's just KSL Inside Sources, KSL Inside Sources. And uh, you can always chime in with how we end the program, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts and do something that makes a difference. We want to know how that is functioning in uh, in your world. Uh, As mentioned before, a lot going on today. We've got uh, breaking news happening uh, all around us, and we want to make sure we're sneaking in uh, some of the folks we haven't talked to in a little while rolling into the state conventions this weekend, and uh, very pleased to be joined now by Amy Winder-Newton. Amy, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, The game is on. (laughs) It's it's convention time, not not what we're used to by any stretch of the imagination, Uh, but how how do you size things up uh, rolling into convention this weekend? 
You know, it's been such an interesting year to have to do all of this, you know, virtually and to have to talk to delegates either over the phone or through Zoom meetings. But, you know, we're feeling great. I I think that this has been an interesting experiment of sorts to be able to see how can we do this to maybe involve more people. And, and boy, I don't know if people want to go back to an all-day convention after voting from the the comfort of their living room. So we'll see what happens. But we're feeling great about it. You know, John Dugal, who's my running mate for lieutenant governor, he and I have been talking with delegates almost consistently for the last month. Um, and we're, we're having a great time getting to hear their concerns, uh, sharing our vision of what we have for the state. And we're, we're excited. We're very optimistic about our, our shot at convention. That's great. And it, and it has been a, a real change, a real challenge. Uh, like I said, I don't think we're going back anywhere. I think things will continue to move forward. And if you can expand that engagement and get some more people involved in the process is, is always a good thing. Uh, I wanted to ask you the question that I that I always ask candidates, uh, kind of going through the vetting process. And we know the ups and downs of campaigns. We know the challenges of dealing with the media. <laughs> we know the challenges of fundraising and all the events and so on. Uh, what's going to make all of this worth it for you, this run for governor? Uh, what makes it all worth it, uh, win, lose, or draw? You know what? Just being able to meet Utahns and understand more of the issues in their communities, that has been so rewarding for me. And I I was lucky because before everything shut down, I was able to go visit every county in the state, all 29, uh, talk to the locals there, understand the issues that they're facing. You know, there's a lot of misnomers about rural Utah. A lot of people just think, you know, they lump in rural Utah as if it's all the same. And boy, I sure learned every community has their own challenges, their own strengths. And it's so different. And there really isn't a one-size-fits-all for our state. And so, you know, as I've, as I've moved forward, I've come to understand um, even, great, even more how great our state really is. The people, uh, the beauty, there's so many awesome things about Utah. You know, one of the reasons I'm running for governor is because I don't want Utah to become California. I want to ensure that we have low taxes and less regulations and that we're um, going to continue with the same quality of life as we take care of our families. And so there, there's a lot to look forward to, and it's been really exciting. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if you're just joining us, Amy Winder Newton, candidate for governor, uh, lieutenant governor, uh, sidekick, uh, not sidekick, he's partner in crime, I guess, <laughs> John that's Dougal, right. uh, joining you on the ticket there. And uh, what's one of the things, uh, just real quickly here, uh, what's one of the things that has surprised you uh, in the process as you've made this uh, historic run for governor? Um, I, you know, it's been surprising to see um, really just the differences throughout the state. Like, like I mentioned before, you know, that every community has their different challenges. But there's, there's been some things that I didn't realize were such big issues, you know, energy development and part of the state, um, some of the tribal issues. Obviously, public lands is a big one, but some of those things have been surprising to me. And and it's made me realize why it's so important for us to talk about this more along the Wasatch Front so that everybody in Utah understands the entire state and not just their little um, neck of the woods. So so that's been surprising. Um, You know, as I've talked to people, it's been surprising to me how much they they really care about and are concerned about the future, about especially with the economic crisis that's, that's coming our way with COVID-19. Um, you know, they're, they're concerned. They're concerned about their jobs. They're concerned about the state budget. And are you going to be coming to us with your handout asking for more taxes when 
revenue numbers are declining. Those are things that, that we are wanting to tackle head on. And, and John Dugo and I are both known as budget hawks who, who understand and know budgets, and, and we will be tackling that from the get-go when we are in office in January. All right, very good. And uh, final third, this is your 30-second uh, shot here. What's the last thing you hope uh, the delegates are thinking about as they cast votes uh, rolling into the convention? You know, one of the things that makes me different from the other candidates, we've got some of our candidates who have no government experience. They've never been in public office before. They don't have a record. Um, I do have that record. I've been serving on the Salt Lake County Council for the last six years. And then we've got another group of candidates who have been in state government for a long time. And I can give a fresh perspective in state government. My 25 years of experience is in local and regional government. And so, you know, I hope that as we move forward that they recognize that they want somebody with experience. Now is not the time for untested leadership. Uh, but also it's not the time for yesterday's ideas. It's time for uh, new ideas, fresh perspectives. And that's what I have to offer as well as tremendous experience with, with budgets, getting people back to work, um, tackling education and other tricky issues. All right. There we go. Amy Winter-Newton, thanks for joining us. Candidate for governor, good luck uh, rolling into the convention. Hey, thank you. All right. Uh, we're going to continue to keep that uh, conversation going on. We've got some more folks that are going to join us as we move through the back half of the program today. Uh, also, just a couple of things uh, of note uh, today. It is Earth Day today, and uh, we will talk about that in our final segment. Uh, and look at it from an interesting perspective. Uh, not so much uh, this false choice and this fake fight that we always have about the environment uh, it, it's not that. We have to get past that. Uh, you can you can be a careful steward of the land and care about that, and you don't have to call out the extreme uh, either-ors. You know, it's either you're a, a tree hugger or uh, you hate the environment or you don't care about the earth. Uh, that's a false choice, and often that's how things get served up and presented. Uh, and I think Earth Day is a good day to think about stewardship. And to think about the right balance in terms of how we approach those things, uh, what role government should play, what role private business needs to play, what role each of us need to play uh, in terms of how that uh, plays moving forward. And so we'll talk about that in our our last segment. We're following a number of breaking news stories going on uh, throughout the state of Utah. A uh, press availability for the West Jordan homicides is currently uh, underway. Uh, our Paul Nelson is there live on the scene. We hope to have him join us uh, coming up here around 1135. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a, a quick break here. Bottom of the hour news. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. We'll be right back. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you as always. We're uh, rocketing through our fastest 60 minutes in radio. And we're covering a lot of ground. We've got uh, a lot of news breaking and happening here in the state of Utah today. We'll continue to monitor that and uh, bring up-to-date uh, information to you as we roll along, uh, including uh, key press conferences today from the governor. And uh, we suspect that uh, we'll continue to get guidance in terms of what progress looks like, what uh, the next steps could be, should be, will be. Uh, as we all march forward on this thing together. Uh, we're also taking a, a look at a very fascinating uh, convention uh, for the uh, political folks and one that we've we've never seen before. It's all virtual, all online. 
And we wanted to tap into a few of the uh, candidates that are running uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk to in a little while. And so we're very pleased to be joined now by Burgess Owens. Uh, Burgess is a candidate in the fourth congressional race, a hotly contested one that's uh, getting a lot of attention here locally as well as nationally. Uh, Burgess, thanks for joining us today. Boy, thank you. Let's go for the candidate again, my friend, for sure. <laughs> Uh, well, hey, you're 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 now to uh, to live time here in in terms of uh, the convention is upon us, and uh, give give us a a first crack in terms of just your perspective in a very unique uh, political format and system uh, <laughs> running for the fourth congressional district. Well, first of all, these are definitely different times. Uh, this is my my first one at, at, at politics, so this is very different. I was hoping to get a chance to. Some more time with the, the delegates, but uh, but this is the best we can do. I'll just say this, boy, that, that I'm so excited about representing or potentially representing a uh, district that literally can be the linchpin for the rest of our country. For those who don't know, uh, District 4 is between 1 and 3 from both parties. The Democrats must have it to keep their power. Republicans must have it to win back our country. And uh, to say the least, the value we have here uh, exciting to me because that's what I grew up in, and to be able to be literally the, the, the voice that turns our country back to the right direction. I'm very excited about that opportunity. Uh, that's, uh, that is great. So as you've gone through this process, first-time candidate as well, so this is this is all uh, interesting <laughs> stuff to you. Uh, obviously, you had a, a great pro football co- career. You've been a, a great analyst and uh, personality in, in terms of a lot of analysis uh, on a number of networks. And uh, what, what has surprised you the most uh, in this run for office? Well, actually, what surprised me the most is how much I'm into it now, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm one of those guys who said I would never, ever be a politician, uh, but I also came to that conclusion a few months back. I've been working with at-risk kids for uh, for a couple of years. This has been my mission, matter of fact. And I realized that our kids here and across the country do not have a chance unless we went back to house. And so it was kind of a, a very slow process of getting to where I, I, believe, I believe I can make a difference. I'm so excited now to have a chance to meet people in the district to kind of broaden my my uh, my silo to a degree to meet more people and realize that literally we are at a at such a key point out in our country's history and to be part of this process to, to bring our country back into the abyss of socialism it just it just it's too many very exciting not only to be part of but again to represent people who have the same values that I grew up in in a deep style so I'm, I'm it's just a, it's been a really good process of uh, excitement for me. To be part of this uh, about part of the process, to say the least. Oh, that's great. If you're just joining us, we have fourth congressional candidate Burgess Owens on the line with us. And, and Burgess, you you did something that I've done way too many times over my life, and that is, uh, if you ever want to make God laugh, just tell him your plan for your life, <laughs> and then you get this redirect thing going on. Uh, but as you've had this redirect uh, into something you said you wouldn't do, run for office. Uh, what is it that's going to make all of this worthwhile? What have you learned? What are you going to take away from from this experience, win, lose, or draw? The, the, the biggest thing for me uh, is that I, I grew up understanding the tenets that make our country great. I was very fortunate to grow up in the 60s, the KKK, Jim Crow era, but my, my family, my community, uh, the community across that country was very patriotic, Christian-based, entrepreneurial, and believed in country, God, and family, and women with respect. So for, for me, it's, it's been exciting to know that I can be part of, of, of bringing us back to that that, that era. Uh, we, we owe our kids the same opportunity that, that, that I had when I was growing up. Uh, I believe in our country. I understand that we can make a difference. And we're at a point where we truly are kind of fighting for the hearts of our nation. So my, my goal is to get the message out, 
let people know that there is an enemy out there. It's called socialism, Marxism. It, it's against everything that we stand for, uh, from the, the, the perspective of our founders' uh, vision of our country. If we understand that, educate ourselves to who we have always been as we the people, and fight against the enemy, the evil of socialism, Marxism, regardless of ideologies. If, if, if my message should just resonate in that particular area, and I get a chance to speak truth to power, then I think this process will be well worth it for me. All right, very good. And uh, we've got just uh, about 30 seconds. This is your 30-second uh, elevator pitch moment. What do you hope uh, the delegates in particular are thinking about before they cast their ballots this weekend? I hope they go to my website, BurgessForUtah.com. You'll see, uh, in essence, my background, people that endorse me. But more importantly, when I talk about truth to power, take a look at the congressional testimony I had against, uh, uh, against the reparation. You'll see what it takes now. We need to have somebody there that truly speaks up against the enemy that we have, all of us, to bring our country back to, to the harmonious vision that we've always had in the past. All right, very good. Burgess Owens, candidate in the 4th Congressional District. Good luck to you coming down the home stretch, and thanks for joining us on Inside thanks. Sources today. Thank you, boy. Appreciate it, my friend. All the best. All right, all the best. There he goes, Burgess Owens. Uh, so we're going to continue that uh, part of the process uh, moving along here. Uh, just continuing to, to watch how things are playing out in uh, Washington, D.C. today. Uh, of course, by unanimous consent, because the uh, full members of the House and Senate are not in place uh, to actually cast a vote where you could count noses, so to speak, and count uh, how many actual votes. Uh, they're doing this by unanimous consent. And uh, it's interesting that the backbiting, the name calling has been going back and forth. And it, it went all the way till the uh, end of the day last night. And uh, and then uh, apparently some staffers got together and hammered out the deal. So some staffers from Mitch McConnell's office, some staffers from Chuck Schumer's office, some staffers from uh, Nancy Pelosi's office and uh, Kevin McCarthy's office. And they they hammered it out. And then by unanimous consent, away it goes. And that is not how the process is supposed to work. Now, I, un I understand emergency situations. I understand trying times. Uh, that's all important. But the important thing for all of us to realize today is this is how Congress has been running for a decade or more. Uh, this is how they're doing things. It's stuff being negotiated behind closed doors. We're not having debates on the floor of the House or the floor of the Senate. We're not having amendment processes. Uh, we always end up in these crisis situations, and then it's an all-or-nothing vote. You're either voting to pass a half-a-trillion-dollar bill or, you know, you, you, you hate people. Uh, those are the choices. Uh, and that's not how this thing is supposed to work. And so we do need to in the process of uh, opening things up and getting people back to work and re-engaging the economy. Uh, I think while a lot of us are still uh, staying safe and staying at home, uh, I think they ought to have members of Congress there. They can work out the social distancing component, uh, but they really, really ought to show that they can govern, that they can be great deliberative bodies and do the work of the American people in front of the American people and then have uh, amendments and votes Votes, votes, votes. That's what we elect these folks to do. Uh, and they're just not doing that very often anymore. So uh, one of the things that I hope can come out of this uh, coronavirus pandemic is that we do get back to some regular order in the House and the Senate, that we can get things done and uh, do it in front of the American people, because that transparency is the only thing that can lead us to accountability. And accountability is the only thing that's going to lead us to a better nation and better legislation uh, as it relates to the American people.
All right, time to step aside. Final break. When we come back, we'll talk about Earth Day. It is Earth Day. We'll talk about the fake fight, the false choice of Earth Day, right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.